Chapter 22, Part 1 of Marie Antoinette and Her Son. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Marie Antoinette and Her Son by Louise Muehlbach. The Plan of the Escape. Marie Antoinette and Madame Elizabeth listened again at the door and as Simon was just then beginning a new verse of his ribald song, they carefully unrolled the paper and spread it out before them. "'Read it to me, sister,' said the queen. "'My eyes are bad and pain me very much, and then the words make more impression when I hear them than when I read them. I beg you, therefore, to read it.' In a light whisper, the princess began to read the plan of escape. The queen and princess Elizabeth must put on men's clothes. The necessary garments are already in their possession, for T and L have within the last few days secreted them in the cushions and mattresses. In addition, the queen receives today a dirty, torn boy suit and a peruke, and a pair of soiled children's shoes. These are for the Dauphin and Madame Royale and if the queen looks attentively at the things she will find that they are exact copies of the clothing in which the two children appear who always accompany the lamplighter into the tower and assist him in lighting the lamps so much for the clothing the plan of escape is as follows to-morrow evening at six o'clock the royal children will change their dress in the little tower next to the chamber of the queen in their soiled costume they will remain within the tower whither it is known that tyson and his wife never come and will wait there until someone gives them a signal and calls them toulon and lepiche will arrange to have the watch again to-morrow in the tower at a quarter before seven in the evening toulon will give a pinch of snuff to madame tyson and her husband who are both passionately fond of it and they will speedily take it as they always do this pinch of snuff will consist entirely of colored opium they will fall into a heavy sleep which will last at least seven hours and during this time the flight of all the members of the royal family must be accomplished wait a moment sister whispered the queen i feel dizzy and my heart beats violently as if we were engaged now in the very execution of the plan it seems to me as if in the darkness of the dreadful night which surrounds us a glimmer of hope was suddenly appearing and my eyes are blinded with it oh sister do you really think it possible that we can escape this place of torment escape we will certainly my dear sister answered elizabeth gently but it lies in God's hands whether it is our bodies or our souls only that will escape. If we do not succeed, they will kill us, and then our freed souls will ascend to God. Oh, my noble queen and sister, let us pray that God would give us courage and steadfastness to hope in him and to conform to his will. Yes, sister, let us pray, said the queen, folding her hands and reverentially bending her head. Then, after a pause, in which they could hear from without the noisy laughter of Simon and his comrades, the queen raised herself up, and her countenance had regained its wonted calm and grave expression. And now, Elizabeth, read on further. Let us hear the continuation of the plan. Madame Elizabeth took the paper and read on in a whispering voice. As soon as Tyson and his wife have fallen asleep, the queen and Madame Elizabeth will put on their clothes. 
Over the men's garments they will throw the cloaks which Chula brought yesterday, and these cloaks will disguise their gait and size. But care must be taken that the tricoloured sashes of the commissaries which the peach brought yesterday with the admission cards of the same authorities should peep out from beneath the cloaks so as to be visible to everyone. Thus arrayed, the two ladies will pass by the sentry, showing him the card as they go out, meanwhile talking with the peach. Leave the temple and go with the peach to the Rue de la Condorée, where Monsieur de Gerget will be waiting to conduct the ladies farther. But the children, whispered the queen, do the children not accompany us? Oh, they ought not to think that I would leave this place while my dear children are compelled to remain here. What is to be done with the children, Elizabeth? We shall soon learn that, sister. Allow me to be on. At seven o'clock, as soon as the guard is changed, a man disguised as a lamplighter, with his tin filler in his hand, will appear at the gate of the temple, knock loudly, and demand to the guard that his children, who had this day been taking care of the lantern, should be allowed to come out. On this, Tula will bring the Dufat and Madame Royale in their changed costume, and while delivering them over to the supposed lamplighter, he will scold him soundly for not taking care of the lanterns himself, but giving it to the children. This is the plan whose execution is possible and probable, if everything is strictly followed. Before the affair is discovered, there will be at least seven hours' advantage, and the royal family will be able, with the passes already secured by Monsieur Charget, to be a long way off before their flight will be discovered by Tyson. In a secure house, whither Tula will lead them, the royal family will find simple citizens' clothing. Without exciting any stir, and accompanied by Messieurs Charget and Tula, they will reach Normandy. A packet boat furnished by an English friend lies in readiness to receive the royal family and take them to their... Good day, Madame Tyson, cried the Dufal loudly. Good day, my dear Madame Tyson. Madame Elizabeth hastily concealed the paper in her bosom, and Marie Antoinette had scarcely time to hide the ball of thread in her pocket when Tyson appeared upon the threshold of the door, looked with her sharp lynx eyes around, and then fixed them upon the two ladies. She saw that Marie Antoinette did not display her accustomed dignified calmness, and that Elizabeth's pale cheeks were unusually red. "'Something is going on,' said the spy to herself. And what does it mean that today the commissaries are not in the anteroom, and that they let these women carry on their chattering entirely unwatched? Madame has been reading, asked Tyson, subjecting every object upon the table before which the ladies were sitting to a careful scrutiny. Madame has been reading, she repeated. I heard paper rattling, and I see no book. You are under a mistake, replied Madame Elizabeth. We have not been reading, we have been sewing, but supposing we were reading, is there any wrong in that? Have they made any law that forbids that? No, answered Tyson. No, I only wondered how people could rattle paper and there be none there. But all the same, the ladies, of course, have a right to read, and we must be satisfied with that. And she went out, looking right and left like a hound on the scent, and searching every corner of the room. I must see what kind of officials we have here today, said Tyson to herself, slipping through the little side door and through the corridor. I shouldn't wonder if it were Tula and La Peach again, for every time when they two right, she ejaculated, looking through the outer door, right, it is they, Tula and La Peach. I must see what Simon's wife has to say to that.
she slipped down the broad staircase and passed through the open door into the porter's lodge but dom simon one of the most savage of the knitters had shortly returned from the guillotine and was sitting upon her rest chair busily counting on a long cotton stocking which she held in her hand how many heads to-day asked tyson madame simon slowly shook her head decorated with a white knit cap it is hardly worth the pains she said dismally the machine works badly and the judges are neglectful only five cars to-day and on every one only seven persons what cried tyson only thirty-five heads to-day in all yes only thirty-five heads repeated madame simon shaking her head i have just been counting on my stocking and i find only thirty-five seam stitches for every seam stitch means a head for such a little affair we have had to sit six hours in the wet and cold on the platform the machine works too slowly i say altogether too slowly the judges are easy and there is no more pleasure to be derived from the executions they must be stirred up said tyson with a fiendish look your husband must speak with his friend citizen Murray, and tell him that his best friends the knitters and most of all simon's wife are dissatisfied and if it goes on so the women will rise and hurry all the men to the guillotine that will stir them up for they do respect the knitters and if they fear the devil they fear yet more his proud grandmother and every one of us market women and knitters is the devil's grandmother yes they do respect us and they shall said madame simon setting her glistening needles in motion again and working slowly on the stocking i will myself speak with citizen Murray, and believe me i will fire him up and then we shall have better play and see more cars driven up to the guillotine we must keep our eyes well open a rid denounce all suspicious characters i have my eyes always open cried tyson with a coarse laugh and i suspect traitors before they have committed anything there for example are the two officials toulon and lapite do you have confidence in them i have no confidence in them whatever and i have never had any confidence in them answered madame simon with dignity and setting her needles in more rapid motion in these times you must trust nobody and least of all those who are so very earnest to keep guard over the austrian woman for a true republican despises the aristocracy altogether too much to find it agreeable to be with such scum and shows it as much as they can but toulon is always wanting to be there wait a moment and i will tell you how many times toulon and lapite have kept guard the present month she drew a little memorandum book from her reticule or tongue by black bands from her brown hairy arm and turned over the leaves there here it is she said to-day is the twentieth of february the two men have already kept guard eight times the present month that is three times as many as they need to do every one of the officials who are appointed to keep guard in the temple is obliged to serve only once a week and both of these traitors are now here for the eighth time and my husband is so stupid and so blinded that he believes this prattler to law when he tells him he comes here merely to be with citizen simon but they cannot come round me with their talk they cannot throw dust in my eyes i shall keep them open wide open let me tell you 
They are not sitting inside in the antechamber today, whispered Tyson, but outside on the landing. They have closed the door of the anteroom so that the Austrian has been entirely alone and unobserved these hours. Alone, cried the knitter, and her polished needles struck so violently against each other that you could hear them click. My husband cannot be to blame for that. Tula must have talked him into it, and he must have a reason for it. He must have a reason, and if it is only from his having pity upon her, that is enough and more than enough to bring him under suspicion and to build an accusation upon. He must be removed, say I. There shall no such compassionate worms as he creep into the temple. I will clear them out. I will clear them out with human blood." she looked so devilish her eyes glared with such a cruel coldness and such a fiendish smile played upon her pale thin lips that even madame tyson was afraid of her and felt as if a cold poisonous spider was creeping slowly over her heart they are sitting still outside you say asked madame simon after a pause Yes, they are still sitting outside upon the landing, and the Austrian woman is at this time alone unwatched with her brood, and she will be alone for two hours yet, for there is no change of guard till then. That is true, yes, that is true, cried the knitter, and her nostrils expanded like those of the hyena when on the scent of blood. They will sit up there two hours longer, playing cards and singing stupid songs, and wheedling my monkey of a husband with their flatteries, making him believe that they love him, love him boundlessly, they let themselves be locked into the temple for his sake, and oh, if I had them here, I would strangle them with my own hands, I would make a dagger of every one of my knitting needles and thrust it into their hearts but quiet quiet she continued in a grumbling tone everything must go on in a regular way will you take my place here for half an hour and guard the door i have something important to do something very important it will be a very great honor replied madame tyson a very great honor to be the substitute of one so well known and respected as you are of whom every one knows that she is the best patriot and the most courageous knitter whose eyelashes never quiver and who can calmly go on with her stitches when the heads fall from the guillotine into the basket if i did tremble and my eyelashes did quiver i would dash my own fists into my eyes said madame simon with her hard coarse voice rising and throwing her thin threadbare cloak over her shoulders if i found a spark of sympathy in my heart i would inundate it with the blood of aristocrats till it should be extinguished and till that should be i would despise and hate myself for i should be not only a bad patriot but a bad daughter of my unfortunate father the cursed aristocrats have not only brought misery on our country and people but they murdered my dear good father yes murdered i say they said he was a high traitor and do you know why because he told a how the nice stories about the austrian woman who was then our queen which had been whispered into his ear because he said that the king was a mere tool in the hands of his wife they shot my good brave father for what he had said and which they called treason although it was only the naked truth yet i will not work myself into a passion about it and i will only thank god that that time is past and i will do my part that it shall not come back and that is why we must be awake and on our guard that no aristocrat no loyalist tie left 
left, but that they all be guillotined, all. There, take your place on my chair and take my knitting work. Ah, if it could speak to you as it does to me, if it could tell you what heads we too have seen fall, young and old, handsome, distinguished, it would be fine sport for you and make you laugh. But good-bye just now, keep a strict lookout, I shall come back soon and she did come back soon this worthy woman with triumphant bearing and flashing eyes looking as the cat looks when it has a mouse in its soft velvety paws it is going to push its poisonous claws into the quivering flesh she took her knitting work up and bade tyson to go up again to her post and when you can she said just touch the austrian woman a little and pay her off for being so many hours unwatched in that way you will merit a reward from the people and that is as well as deserving one of god provoke her provoke the proud austrian it is very hard to do it said tyson sighing very hard i assure you for the austrian is very cold and moderate of late since louis capet died the widow is very much changed and now she is so uniform in her temper that it seems as if nothing would provoke or excite her what weak and tender creatures you all are said simon's wife with a shrug it is very plain that they fed you on milk when you were young but my mother nursed me with hate i was scarcely ten years when they shot my father and not a day passed after that without my mother's telling me that we must avenge his murder on the whole lineage of the king i had to swear that i would do it she gave me for my daily food hatred against the aristocrats it was the meat to my sauce the sugar to my coffee the butter to my bread i lived and throve upon it look at me and see what such fear has made of me look at me i am not yet twenty-four years old and yet i have the appearance of an old woman and i have the feeling and experience of an old woman nothing moves me now and the only thing that lives and burns in my heart is revenge believe me were i in your place i should know how to exasperate the austrian i should succeed in drawing out her tears well and how would you begin really i should like to know how to bring this incarnation of pride to weeping has not she children asked madame simon with a horrible calmness i would torture and provoke the children and that would soon make the heart of the woman pumble and pliable oh she may count herself happy that i am not in your place and that her children are not under my tender hands but if it ever happens that i can lay my fingers upon the shoulders of the little wolves i will give them something that will make them cry out and make the old wolf howl with rage i will show her as little favour then as she showed when my poor mother and i were begging for my dear father go up go up and try at once plague the children and you will see that that will make the austrian pliable that is fine talk muttered tyson as she went up the staircase but she has no children while i have a daughter a dear good daughter she is not with me but with my mother in normandy because she can be taken better care of there than here it is better for the good children that she has not gone through these evil days full of blood and grief with us but i am always thinking of her and when one of these two children here looks up to me so gravely with great open eyes it always makes me think of my solange 
She has exactly such large, innocent eyes, and that touches my heart so that I cannot be harsh with the children. They, of course, are not at all to blame for having such bad, miserable parents who have treated the people shamefully and made them poor and wretched. No, they have had nothing to do with it, and I cannot be severe with the children, for I am always thinking of my little Solange. I will provoke the Austrian woman as much as I can, but not the children. No, not the children. End of chapter 22, section 1, read by Ella Barnett.